Welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. I am in the Red Sea Radio Intergalactic Studios. And today, yes, today, my friends, I'm recording early in the day. It is morning time. I never record in the morning time. I'm actually recording during work. Like, I'm supposed to be at work right now. But because of my life and the fact that my co-host is not an American, we had to do it in the morning. Speaking of non-American co-hosts, Sean McAfee, how you doing, man? You should really quit saying that. People are really going to start taking you seriously. Not just there, but in other areas of of your discussions, they're going to start thinking you're serious. So I... I uh, have never I'm proud to be an American. Oh, just because you know the songs doesn't mean you're an American. I've never been oh. so accosted at the beginning of my show. Like I always started off with the yelling and the welcoming people in. And then usually we have this jovial conversation and Sean just goes, you should change everything about yourself. Stop it. Stop everything. Uh, so first of all, you're not American. You live in, in Italy. Um, and second of all, I'm not changing, not for anyone, not for you. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> what's going on in your life, man? Okay. Uh, I just finished a book for Catholic Answers. It's a, it's a really short one in their 20 Answer series. So I'm really happy about that. I knocked that out in, I think, a world record time, 30 days, and I get to move on to the next project. This is why I like you, which Sean. Is, which you- is, making, which is uh, reforming, really, your show. This is what I like about you. Uh, the two things I like about you. Number one, you just come on, just throwing barbs. The next thing you do right after insulting me at the beginning of my show is self-promotion. I love you so much, Sean McAfee. Jesus, what have you been doing recently? Well, if you go to www.seanmcafee.com, you can find all the... <laughs> You'll see I haven't updated that website in months. <laughs> oh, yeah. You look so young on that website, which means you have not updated that website in years. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, um, there was a thing that happened in America this Sunday that I'm not sure that you are aware of. Um, it ha- on, on Sunday evening, any idea what happened in America? I don't know. Uh, some, uh, some about somebody named after the Sesame Street guy. Yes, Oscar the Grouch gave out his yearly awards to all the people in movies, which is odd because he's a TV show character. Like, it would make more sense if they had made, like, an Oscar the Grouch movie and then named it after him. Like, you know, they always have, like, the, the uh, you know, somebody passes away and then they have that, like, the award becomes n- named after them, right? Um, yeah, yeah. The, what's also really confusing is it's not only the Oscar the Grouch Awards, but it also has another name. Do you know that name? The Academy Awards? The Academy Awards. It's very confusing. It's like whenever Catholics say, I'm Catholic, I'm Christian. Like, they're both true, but why is it so convoluted and confusing, right? It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so you don't, say, you don't say, I would like to thank the Oscars. All Oscars in the, in the congregation, Oscar de la Hoya, Oscar the Grouch, <laughs> and also Oscar the Man that is currently uh, running the soundboard for this event. Yeah, thank you all Oscars. Uh, like, yeah, they, 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 it's called the Academy Awards, which makes me think, and I'm going to see if you understand this joke since you're not American. I don't know if they have this store in, in other countries. But uh, I always thought that they gave the award for the, for the actor who had the, the right stuff for the right price. You know what I'm talking? You, kept, you picking up what I'm laying down? 
Yeah, oh, no. he, he, you're shaking your head on the radio. Jeez, Louise, Sean. <laughs> well, if, if I do it, if I do it harder, you can hear it. Oh my gosh, I actually could. That that's how. Anytime I ask you a yes or no question, that's what you have to do now. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you didn't understand. It's uh, Academy Sports and Outdoors. The right stuff, the right price. Academy. It's the Academy Awards. No. <laughs> is that like a? Is that like that? Sounds like a jingle. Is that a commercial? Yes, for Academy, which is an American store that we have in America that all Americans know about. So, speaking of, so, <laughs> so the the Oscars uh, or slash Academy Awards happened this Sunday, and there are all these movies and actors and actresses, and essentially they go out and it's just a political commentary under the guise of an award show for four hours. And so my wife and I, we didn't watch the beginning because it's all the awards that like aren't as cool right like i know like i'm sure the people that did this like everybody matters on this on the crew but like i don't know the sound editors or the makeup artists like i know all the actors that are up all but one of the actors and actresses up for best actor best supporting actor best supporting actor. so like my wife and i tuned in uh for that part and and we enjoyed it yeah like there was like you know you know, like the the finger pointing from Hollywood, like this is how you should politic, you know. But other than that, like the performances were good. It was cool to see uh, all the different movies and how they were. Um, they they kind of did like a snapshot of all the all the movies that were up for best best, best picture, and there were there, there seemed to be some good movies, right? Uh, but I didn't watch any of those that were up for like picture of the year or movie of the year. I watched one of them, Black Panther, and I wasn't super impressed with that movie. So I knew it I wasn't good movie. reviews about that. But you didn't see it, huh? It was a historical drama, right? Yes, a host- it was actually a documentary about this. <laughs> the you know, like you know how Atlantis is like the lost city under in in the ocean. Uh, yes. There's this documentary about this country that used to be in Africa called Wakanda, and they they were just so advanced as a civilization, uh, but then it was just lost to history, and these documentarians found it. It was really good. Um, they found this. Never mind. I'm not going to keep going on that. Okay. So. Uh, and then Finn was about like a war that never ends, right? Yeah. It was uh, World War Three. It was a, it's a future futuristic show. Uh, World War Three, and it was like you know this is the war that never ends, and it goes on and on, my friends. And so I didn't watch any of those. I, so I wanted to do right here on Forte Catholic something we haven't done in a very long time, Sean. Ever since we started this whole rotating co-host thing, I, I there was just so much going on. I'm producing the show for myself now, and uh, you know dealing with all of you divas that have come on to co-host this thing. I was like, you know, I got to make them happy. Uh, but you know what? This next three minutes is for me. Okay, you just sit back and relax. This is for me, and this is for the people. Okay, uh, what we are going to do is bring back segments here on the show, and this segment. It's called the Forte Five segment. And what I do is I count down my top five of whatever the heck I want. And for this one, I'm going to do my top five movies for complete enjoyment. I am not the Academy Awards. I am not Oscar the Grouch, although sometimes Sean makes me feel that way. Uh, So I'm going to do my top five movies on pure enjoyment. How much? Hold on. What? I know public math is hard, but you sent me a list of six. Would you leave me alone? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what I did to Allison last week, and I'm going to mute you, okay? 
Just just leave yes, me alone. I, it's, I can do whatever I want, okay? Leave me alone. Okay, here we go. Forte five, top five, plus, plus one. Thanks, Sean. Okay, here we go. Oh, I hit the wrong button. See, this is what happens when I produce for myself. Let's try Forte five, okay? For my top five movies of enjoyment of 2018, because all of you care deeply, here's what we've got. The honorable mention that Sean had to point out before I got here, number six was Bird Box. I watched it on a plane recently, and it's the only way I was going to watch that movie, because Taylor doesn't do scary movies very well, so I watched it in an already scary situation, flying 30,000 feet above the land and surrounded by other people in broad daylight. And I enjoyed it much more than other people thought. All right, now my top five, just to make Sean happy. Number five, Ready Player One. I liked Ready Player One a lot. It was one of the few movies that I've ever watched that I actually read the book first. I loved the book and the movie brought 90% of it to life. The real reason it's on this list is because I just wanted to tell you that I actually read a book in my life. Okay, number four, Ant-Man and Wasp. I love this story. I love these enemies coming together to fight against evil. I love this selfish man learning how to become unselfish. It was a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, a movie that actually won Best uh, Animated Picture, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. My wife and I go to maybe one possibly two if we feel splurgy movies per year in the theater this was one of them we spent half of my salary on a babysitter for the evening and we went to go watch spider-man into the spider-verse and the the thing that really stuck out to me in this movie is that i cannot stand nicholas cage but he was my favorite part of this movie number two is a movie that people said was stupid but i really enjoyed it Aquaman. I liked the whole uh, the marriage thing where the dude waited for the, the woman for hundred, like 90 years, 70 years. I don't know. I'm not Aquaman's biographer. And I, I love the movie, the action-packedness of it, the fights. Everything was much cooler than people said. And number one, Mr. McAfee, was, as you said, the, the documentary. Avengers Infinity War. That movie we have watched multiple times. I cannot get enough of that movie. I can't wait for the final movie to come out soon. That's it for me. Sean, what do you think of my list of six in the Forte 5 section? Well, so explain that last comment. You said that there's a final movie to Infinity War. Is that going to be like Finite War, Infinity War? Uh, Yeah, uh, the end is coming. It, uh, all in like March and April. Uh, winter is coming. The end of the Avengers is coming. All co- yeah, we've got the next movie coming out next month. Um, Hopefully, it's the last one. Uh, why? Why are you so angry? Like, what? What has happened to you today? That you know what it is. Here, here's what it is. I have never enjoyed comic book movies. I gave the first few X Men a try and I think those are pretty cool, but I, I think I watched some back whenever like Punisher came out and I was just like, I'm done. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. I realized after making this list that <laughs> a pair, I watched seven movies this year. <laughs> 
So the fact that you pointed out that there were six on my list, there was only one movie that didn't make the list at all, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I only watched seven, so uh, it was pretty easy to get on the list. Yeah, I'm just not a big movie guy. And what's what's funny is like only one of the movies on here is like critically acclaimed. All these other movies are these comic book movies that like, you know, like smart, refined people, you know, like like yourself, uh, e- either don't Ooh. watch movies or watch these super, super sophisticated movies. I'm just like, I want to watch stuff blow up from the characters I read about when <laughs> I was seven. That's what I want to do. Which one was critically acclaimed? I'm curious. Black Panther. Black Panther was the the one yeah. movie that wasn't on my list. And I, I just thought it was the, so... The, the historical drama. Yeah, the historical drama. See, like, I understand the, like, historical importance of it, and I appreciated the movie. I, like, I love Michael B. Jordan, the actor, who was, like, the bad guy. They just, Like, he just wasn't in the movie. Like, he was barely in the movie. They could have done so much more with him. I just wasn't as impressed. And, like, the final boss fight, you couldn't see anything. It's too- isn't he uh isn't he play creed doesn't he play uh apollo creed's son yeah exactly that's also a movie that came out last year that i didn't see so there were i i looked this up i when i was i was i did in-depth research yesterday for this uh only to find out that i watched seven movies in the 2018 so you mean like five minutes of googling from your phone no 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 i was on my computer and it was 12 minutes, okay? Get it right. <laughs> but there, there were like 800 movies that came out last year. Like, nobody has time for that. It's ridiculous. No, I, I watch a lot more shows, honestly. I think we're in the golden age of, like, television, even if it's not on television. Dude, you're telling me. from Hulu. You're telling Hulu me. Hulu or, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, what what were your top movies of 2018? You don't have to do the whole fancy Forte 5 or 6, you know, but what, what, was, what were some of your favorite movies that you watched that came out in last year? You're making me have to think really hard because I don't think I watch anything besides like reruns of movies I already love. So do you want to talk about those? <laughs> no, I don't. I want you to answer my question. Mm, okay. <laughs> what did I watch? I, I asked my wife to go back through our Netflix and our Amazon Prime to see what we watched this year. <laughs> and I don't think we found a single movie. If it was a, ki- if it was a movie, full fe- feature-length film, it was a kid's movie. So... I'm going to have to probably say like the Lego movie, but I know that didn't come out this last year. Maybe Cars 5 or whatever they're on right now. This was this was cracking me up, man. So you're making fun of me for not doing enough show prep. You didn't even do any. You had your wife do it for you, right? <laughs> yeah, so you're like, okay, uh, I, I, uh, I asked you last night. Um, uh, I was like, you seriously watched zero movies in 2018? You said, I clipped my toenails, question mark. It's like, what? <laughs> How do you even come up with this stuff, right? You're like, These I- are things we share in private. Why no, are you sharing those? No, no, nothing is private. All th- You don't understand. You say I don't do show prep. Our entire relationship is by show prep. <laughs> I am keeping that in mind from now on. Nothing is sacred to you. You want to talk about that other stuff we talked about before we came on the air today? No. <laughs> nope. Yeah. But I, see, there are some things that are sacred. See, look at you. Look at you. Thank you. Um, so uh, you, you said here, uh, we, we got into all this stuff. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about that. But uh, you didn't watch any movies. You only like you only like children's movies. And uh, I did go watch the Lego movie, too, the other day. Have you seen the new one or just the old Lego movie? No, you know, living overseas, I don't get like the 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 special discounts, you know, and special access that you do. 
Special access. I'm just a regular American. I don't, I don't get that red carpet rolled out for me for, for my limousine in Texas like you just do. Just a normal American. Um, so... <laughs> So I just had this 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 uh, realization. So like anytime I go to the theater, it helps like the you know the the annual earnings, gross earnings of the movie. Anytime you go to the theater, it counts as like the international sales, which proves once again the entire point of our entire conversation that you're not American. You're an international student. <laughs> <laughs> you argue well. I'm I'm very good at arguing. It's all I've been doing since I came out of the womb. Um, so I I watched the Lego Movie, uh, the Lego Movie two. But you saw the first one. What was the big turning point in the first one? Uh man, you may, why do you ask these questions? You give me no prep time for. Now I have to go back and think. I'm a hard hitting um, journalist. I try to get you on your toes. The guy, and make you the guy realizes he has uh, the what is it called? The um, super glue is actually what they're after the whole time is just getting the cap on the super glue. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. Most of the movie, it's all animated and Legos. And then the last, okay, yeah, yeah. And then what's his face comes down the steps. Yeah, the elf guy. What's his? <laughs> what's his name? The elf guy comes down the steps. I believe you're looking for Will Ferrell. It's Will go. Ferrell that comes down the steps, and you realize it was all about a father son relationship the whole time. I, I and here's the crazy thing is like you mentioned these kids movies. I well, wa- it'll also give you like a. It's not just father son relationship. This will give you like a daddy complex watching oh, the end no. of that movie. It's like whoa, watch how you talk to your kids because all those things that you thought were pretty important as a kid and turned out to you know affect your relationship with your father. Only men really. This is for the men out there. You know, turns you into thinking, hey, how am I really reacting to my kids in their playtime? Right. So like it it like. Watching this kids movie, it's all like enjoyment, enjoyment, enjoyment for ninety five percent of it, and at the end, I'm like, "Ouch, my heart!" You know, like I need to change as a human being. Uh, right. And like, we went and watched the Lego Movie two as a family this last week or two weekends ago, and I was like, "There's no way they're gonna have that like emotional impact again. There's no way they're gonna surprise me. Like I'm gonna see it coming, right? They did it again, Sean. They did it again. Oh, no, oh, you ruined." for me it's uh, well here's the deal i'm not ruining it it's a spoiler free uh eventually we'll talk more in depth you know like i know that people are super worried about spoilers into the lego movie part two but <laughs> go if you are a parent go watch this movie with your kids i promise it will help your children at least it helped me to help my children because i asked my son on the way out i was like hey did you understand the point of the movie you go, no, but they sang songs. Okay, well, we'll work on it. We'll, we'll work on <laughs> no, it. No, but everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. So, hey, at some point, this is the silliest thing I've ever said in the history of the radio. We are going to do a spoiler cast on the Lego Movie Part 2 because there actually was some things to glean out of it. But right now, Sean, I'm going to kick you out. Uh, because I'm going to bring on an interview, and because you're at a foreign exchange student, it's really hard to like connect phones and all this stuff for all of the uh, you know people and all of the things and all of the stuff. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so what we're going to do is um, you're going to leave us. I'm going to do an interview with Dale Alquist. We're going to be talking about the one and only G.K. Chesterton. It's going to be so much fun, Sean, and you don't get to be a part of it, but you're going to come back for the final segment of the day. Everyone else, 
don't go anywhere. Sean, go away for just a little bit. Bye. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. I'm excited today to learn about a man that uh, I've been very interested in for quite some time, but uh, just never took the time to really, really dive in. So that's what I'm going to do today. We are going to be talking about the one and the only G.K. Chesterton with a man who seems to be the premier scholar on this man's life, on his writings, on his books. I am talking, of course, about Dale Alquist. Dale, how are you doing today, sir? Taylor, I'm doing great. God bless you. It's great to be with you today. Thanks, man. So you you told me right before we went on the air that you are live from Minnesota. Is that the truth, or were you lying to me just to get your levels? I was not lying to you. Uh, I am in Minnesota, and it is snowing right now, even as I speak. See, it, it just sounds so much like the truth. I'm just going to go ahead and believe you. I was just up north a couple weeks ago, and I do not envy you guys living up in the snow. That is rough stuff, man. Well, we're getting ready for Lent uh, even a little early here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You've been suffering since November. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, Dale, I, uh, there are two people within this interview that I have heard of but don't know too much about, one being G.K. T- Chesterton, who you are a fantastic scholar of and wrote a book about that we're going to talk about, but also you. I have heard your name through things, but I, I, I uh, haven't really gotten a chance to really get to know you, so I want to do that now. Tell us all a little bit about Dale? Well, I was raised a a Baptist, Taylor, and um, started reading G.K. Chesterton, who uh, did a number on me, and I started uh, working uh, clearly into his writings and found my way to the Catholic Church as a result. G.K. Chesterton is still a maker of converts, and uh, I, I did a master's degree on Chesterton's writings. I started the American Chesterton Society, and then went on to start a classical Catholic high school, uh, Chesterton Academy, where we sort of implemented his ideas along with classical learning and created a model that's being used in Catholic high schools around the country. There's 15 other Chesterton Academies now uh, as a result of the first one. So uh, it's it's a work that continues to expand. But uh, the interest in Chesterton has been sort of the driving passion of my life by did a television show on EWTN for 15 years called The Apostle of Common Sense, and that introduced a, a lot of people to this jovial and wonderful writer. So, one of the just in interviewing, one of the basic follow-up questions is, "What do you do in your free time or your spare time?" And it sounds like you don't have any. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that, <laughs> that term "free time" actually means. Uh, your work is Chesterton, and in your free time, you also Chesterton. <laughs> yeah, I, I do Chesterton for enjoyment, and that's pretty much 24 hours, so there you go. That's, that's wonderful. So uh, we, there's, you had so much information there. I want to dive into some of it piece by piece. How does a Baptist even find G.K. Chesterton? Well, here's a good link. Uh, C.S. Lewis. Uh, evangelicals tend to love C.S. Lewis, as they should. He's a great Catholic apologist, even though he wasn't Catholic. Uh, he, he just really did a reasonable presentation of the Christian faith. And the force behind C.S. Lewis, the big influence in his life, 
was G.K. Chesterton. So it was a, a matter of trying to get get to the source of uh, of C.S. Lewis. And uh, that's why I discovered uh, G.K. Chesterton. It makes a lot of sense because uh, a lot of people say Lewis is everybody's favorite non-Catholic Catholic, you know, <laughs> so like a, lo- a lot mm-hmm. of people love him and, and he is that bridge. That totally makes sense for you. You also said that you started uh, you, you started, and you are the president of the American Chesterton Society. What actually do you guys do? That sounds quite intriguing, but I, I couldn't even tell you right now what, what it even starts to begin doing. All right. Well, we... Uh we uh, publish a magazine, Gilbert Magazine, which is, well, it's the best magazine in the world. Uh, of course, know? that's what I've heard. And uh, yeah, it, it, you know, we, we write on uh, art and religion and politics, but we give it a nice Chestertonian flair and fill the magazine with good quotations uh, and uh, uh, some original Chesterton essays. So people just get a lots, lots of good meat to chew on with each issue. And then we host a, a national conference each year, and uh, we we also have a very very active website, and um, we publish books. and I do a lot of speaking in conjunction with the uh, society as well. And there's local Chesterton societies that meet all around the country and discuss Chesterton's books, and that's part of the part of the the wheels of how how people become Catholic. They get exposed to Chesterton, and next thing they know, they want to become Catholic. <laughs> We've been tricking people with Chesterton and Lewis for years. I love it. So uh, you mentioned I would not have understood the Gilbert reference until yesterday when I was doing research for this interview. I I can see now like G. K. Chesterton just sound like he sounds like he looks like every time I've seen him in a picture, he's a strong man, a big man, smoking a pipe, uh, you know, or smoking a cigar, and you know, some quote like super awesome about Catholicism and drinking and smoking like that's what i picture <laughs> that man that i picture does not look like a gilbert keith i i totally get now why he chose to go by gk chesterton <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that is funny uh gilbert is is uh is an off-putting name but uh but gk sounds just right so to all of our listeners named gilbert uh find a good middle name and just go by your initials, and you will be instantly one thousand and eighteen percent cooler. That's all you have to do. Just that's what. If you learn nothing else from today's show, that it's this is just for the Gilberts. Okay. So, uh, what was what do you think? I mean, it, it worked for you, uh, and it and it worked for for uh, for others that you have talked about how Chesterton is bringing people into faith in, into the Catholic faith. What do you think it is about Chesterton that does that? Well. Uh, Chesterton writes about everything, and so what happens is you start falling in love with him as a writer because you want to hear what he has to say about whatever it is he's talking about, whether it's art or literature or politics or psychology or history or philosophy or religion, whatever it is, or you know, or if it's about detective fiction, you know, he's he's a detective story writer too. Uh, whatever it is, he pulls you in, and and then you want more. And pretty soon you find that you're thinking differently because he presents a more cohesive worldview that is joyful and is complete and uh, it doesn't it doesn't act Protestant. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you realize you're thinking differently and you've already dropped a lot of your objections to the historical 
Christian faith. And, uh, and then, then all of a sudden you realize that you've gotten yourself into a very dangerous spot and you're starting to ask big questions. I think that's why, like I mentioned at the beginning, like I, I haven't like read one of his entire works, but every quote I see, I'm like, man, that guy's awesome. I need to read some more of his books uh, because like I love that joy aspect of it. Like our, our motto here at the show is make Catholicism fun again. And I totally see his joy just in these, you know, these quotes that I see floating through Instagram or on posters in schools and this sort of thing. Uh, and, and, and you talk about how he writes. So you wrote this book called Night of the Holy Ghost, which is a short introduction into G.K. Chesterton, tackles his writings, offers rebuttals to his critics, and introduces writers just to this fame, very famous Catholic convert that has been responsible for the conversions of, of you uh, and so many others. Uh, so I, I actually have never heard any criticisms of him, and you tackle in the book some of the rebuttals to his critics. So, first of all, what are some of the, what do some of the critics of Chesterton say? Well, one of the things that they point out, Taylor, is they say he was fat. <laughs> I'm ready for this rebuttal because I'm totally going to use it. I'm a little chubby myself. Well, the answer is, yeah, he was fat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not a sin, it turns out, to be fat. Um, as G.K. Chesterton says, I'm sure that the thin monks were holy, but the fat monks were humble. <laughs> <laughs> but the argument uh, we have to address is, well, how did he get to be fat? Was he a glutton? And that's what uh, people just assume. He must have been a glutton in order to become fat. And it turns out he was not a glutton. He actually had some sort of a glandular condition that led to his uh, great size. It only really ballooned twice in his life where he was was really, you know, reaching 300 pounds. The other time, he was just a, a big man. Um, he was tall and he was uh, he was wide, but uh, but not an, uh, a glutton, not an overeater. In fact, his, his secretary and his wife uh, and some of his best friends commented on how little he ate. So, so that doesn't that doesn't work as a criticism, but the other criticism is much more serious. People have accused him of anti-Semitism, of racism, and I dispense with those criticisms in the book because they they simply there's no basis for them, and they really seem to be a, a personal attack on Chesterton in order to avoid really what Chesterton's main points are about anything he's writing about. Chesterton is such a great debater and such a great reasoner that people don't really hold their, their arguments against what he's talking about, which is the Catholic faith and uh, about a very uh, holistic way of, of thinking about everything. Um, they, they don't have good rebuttals, so they have to attack him personally in order to bring him down uh, and make him irrelevant. And those those personal attacks are are unfounded. It's just fake news. That's what we would say in, in today's <laughs> modern culture. Yeah. <laughs> well, and of course, Chesterton, Chesterton being a journalist, I mean, that's really his primary uh, uh, way of making a living. He himself was so aware of this concept of fake news that we call it. He said, you know, most most journalism is is very unreliable, and uh, he knew that being a journalist, seeing the insides of how how. Uh, you know, the, the news works and how it really represents economic interests or uh, political agendas more than it represents an objective telling of, of the truth. So you mentioned in the book, uh, there are two 
titles for G.K. Chesterton that I that really stuck out to me. One being the Prince of Paradox, and the other being the Apostle of Common Sense. So, how is G.K. Can I just call him G.K. Is, are, are, we, are we close enough yet that I can just call him GK? Okay. So uh, how is he the Prince of Paradox? What does that mean for him? Uh, that's a title that he gained during his lifetime because he has this wonderful, wonderful way of, of presenting the truth in a very unexpected manner and putting a nice little twist on it. So uh, when he says uh, things like uh, the, the self is more distant than any star, or the pursuit of health is always going to be unhealthy, <laughs> you know, and, and the love of man can sometimes be unmanly. Uh, it's, it's, you know, wonderful twist in the language and sometimes turning a truth inside out in order to get us to see it better because truth is paradoxical. Truth is often the opposite of what we expect. It seems to have a contradictory quality to it, but the, the other source of paradox besides reading GK Chesterton, is another book that says things like the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And if you're going to save your life, you have to be willing to lose it. And the dead shall rise and a virgin shall give birth. Those are all paradoxes. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Even as you were saying that, I started thinking like, oh, yeah, like we have a God that is one and he's also three. Like, you know, like we're we're just good at the at the confusing and it can be confusing. But th- at the same time, as you were mentioning some of these paradoxes that G.K. Chesterton wrote about, it's one of those things that like he could just tell you the truth. But as you were saying those things, those those paradoxes, you're able to chew on and kind of make like it, it helps me to think through those things instead of just like, oh, yes. God is good. You know, like that's very true, but it, there's not, I'm not going to go much further with that uh, than with some of these paradoxes that I actually have to go, go through and think about. Right. Uh, when he says the least grain of dust has never been praised enough, uh, that makes you look at the world differently. Uh, you know, Chesterton is, is someone who will shock you with what you already know. And, and that is another paradox. And that's why he's such a good detective fiction writer. Because that's that's the, how detective fiction works. It, they give you they give you the answer, but you don't see it. And then when they actually reveal the answer, you go, "Oh yeah, I, I knew that." <laughs> <laughs> I love I love just in in shows where like well they'll start with that they'll show you like in the in the pilot of the show or at the beginning of the book they'll give they'll give you the answer, but then they'll make you doubt that answer throughout the entire rest of the book, and then at the end you're like, oh yeah, I knew that. I was just tricked into not knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and, and Chester, yeah, he writes the essays the same way. His essays will shock you with the truth that you already know. <laughs> so the the other one is the apostle of common sense. Now I th- I think just as a whole um as a community we have lost common sense. Like there is no such thing because everybody there like there's nothing common anymore and there's no sense. So how is this man the apostle of common sense helpful for readers today? Yeah, that's the title that I gave him and that was the title of, of the show that I did on, on him on, on EWTN. And yes, common sense, it seems to have been banished from the, uh, from the society. Uh, Chester says it's the extinct branch of psychology, <laughs> common sense. Uh, and he, he's, you know, the, the point is, he's so refreshing when you read him. You go, oh man, someone said that. I've been waiting for someone to say that, to say that a family consists of a husband and a wife who are a mother and a father 
and they have a child. That's what a family is. Oh, wow. Someone said it. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been holding this in for so long. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and and the, the common sense has to go with making us look back and to see the truths that we had in common that, that really uh, formed our, our culture and formed our society in the first place. And we have to go back to find those things that are in common uh, because, yeah, they've gotten really diffused and confused uh, in our present day when, when people are, are questioning absolutely everything and, and they're skeptical about everything. Chester affirms things and does it in a way that is, is very uplifting. Well, you've convinced me um, about getting the book. You've convinced me about Chesterton, and you've convinced me about this man named Dale. I like you a lot. So uh, how can people get connected with you, and how can they find the book? Well, they're welcome to come to our website at chesterton.org. That's chesterton.org. If they go to chesterton.com, they'll get hydraulic valves. There's nothing wrong with that, Taylor, but... uh, but if they want G.K. Chesterton, it's chesterton.org. They'll learn a lot about about the man there. But uh, that's that's the way to get this book, Night of the Holy Ghost. And I, I should mention another book that ju- we just came out with at the same time called My Name is Lazarus, 34 Stories of Converts Whose Path to Rome Was Paved by G.K. Chesterton. Oh, cool. 34 Stories of Conversions. And, you know, we're talking about Muslims, Jews, agnostics, atheists, and every stripe of Protestant uh, who encountered Chesterton, and, and he uh, he led them to, to Rome. Well, that's wonderful. Look, hey, we're out of time, but I have one yes or no question. You get no explanation. Yes or no, will G.K. Chesterton become a saint in the next hundred years? Yes. Awesome. Dale, thank you so much for coming on. I will talk to you again soon. Everybody else, we will be back in just a few minutes for our final segment of the day. Welcome back to Forte Catholic, and I am welcoming back Sean McAfee. I thought about not bringing him back, but but, but uh, I couldn't figure out how to hang up with this complicated system that we use. So so he's still here. Shawnee, what's up, man? You love me. I really do. You're so cool. <laughs> I just want to Thank remind you. everyone in the audience that love isn't a feeling. Love is a choice. Okay, moving on. So the... We talked earlier about the Oscars, Sean, that you didn't watch because you're not an American. And so I, I did a, I went and did a talk on, on Sunday, but, but, which was the night of the Oscars, right? But before we even get to there, I have to tell you what happened Saturday. Saturday, I went to a track meet. Why? Because because I'm a, a large pudgy man trying to run in circles quickly? No, because I am the, ca- the coach for the local Catholic school team here in Brian, and we're you know we're actually a pretty decent team. And Sean, uh, have you ever been to Texas? Yes. Uh, what were you doing in Texas, and when were when were you there, and what's your social security number? Driving straight through. Just kidding. No, I was uh, stationed at Shepherd Air Force Base, and I attended basic training down by down by you down in San Antonio. Oh, cool! I didn't. So I lived there for a number of months in training, and uh, and of course I've driven all throughout the state. I ten, I forty. I 20. See, this is the thing about a loving relationship. There's always something new to learn. I had no idea we had that coming. I used to live three houses away from the fence to the base. 
I was like, right. No I was way. Your, Won't you be with, my like, neighbor? The, with, with the Sonic there? What are we? Are you? Did you really just ask me about a specific restaurant? Yeah, you would know. Big Sonic sign, man. Sean, 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 Sean. <laughs> Do you realize this is a an army base we are talking about, a military base that we are talking about? Okay. Do you realize how many miles of fence there are around this military base? I thought you said you live near the gate. I live near the fence. Oh, okay, the fence. Yeah. Oh okay. God. Well, so that might have been like back in the woods. So you've been to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so in Texas, I don't know. Tell me if you've experienced this. Maybe it happened to you while you were at a a local uh, fast food chain. Uh, You experience all the seasons within one day. Was it Sonic? It was Sonic. Yeah, I was. was, Golly. You know what? Continue. I shouldn't have brought you back. I should have used my better judgment, (laughs) found a way to hang up on you and just leave you alone. Okay, uh, it's so funny. I'm doing all this exposition to get to the point, and you're just like, what was the color of the shirt you were wearing, Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) The point is, we experienced all the seasons that day. So when we left, like we were worried the track meet was going to be canceled because it was like 40 degrees, raining for the last two days, and just like nasty. So we we were like, okay, it's it's really like nasty weather. So all I'm wearing is a jacket. Do you want to know the? It was a gray jacket. I, I don't remember the brand. I apologize to you deeply, Sean. Uh, I was Ooh. wearing pants as always, and and uh, it was, I was just set out for a cold and like cloudy day. Right. Well, about an hour and a half in, the the God parted like you know he parted the seas in the Old Testament. He parted the clouds, and it was just a beautiful yet very sunny and hot day. So Taylor is not prepared for this. Taylor thought it was going to be very cold and dreary, so I didn't bring anything to cover my very, very large, very bald head. So I'm out in the middle of this field with no shade for like 14 hours that day. So I get to the end of it, and like two hours until the end, and this other man who's a coach walks up to me who has a large beard and also no hair on his head. And he said, buddy, you look like you're struggling. I said, yeah, I wasn't prepared for this. So he gave me a hat. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of me in a hat. I'm always wearing like a flat build baseball hat, right? Yeah. This man gave me the white people version of a sombrero. Like it was like this huge farmer's hat that I put on top of my head. And like, I swear the bowl of this thing had like a three foot radius, you know, <laughs> like I could have probably carried children in the brim of the hat. <laughs> so I looked ridiculous, but I, my, but my head was no longer on fire. So the whole point of telling this is when I get to the church on Sunday to give this talk right before the Oscars, I am. I look like Bob the Tomato from VeggieTales. And, and you said that, oh, you only watch children's shows, so I'm assuming that you're familiar with Bob the Tomato. Yes. I really had this, I, I really had this deep desire to walk in to give this talk by getting like three blades of grass and like taping them to my head so that I actually looked like a tomato, but I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So the other thing is I yelled all day on Saturday. So I had lost my voice. Like I'm still trying to get it back. My voice keeps cracking. This is wonderful radio. Who are you yelling at? 
Uh, my team. I yell a lot at, at the team. <laughs> it helps. I promise. They love me. Yay. You know what? They love me as much as I love you. And the people that have been listening to the show for the entire episode will figure out what that means. Okay. So I, I walked in as a tomato with no voice. And I, this is what I was charged with. My, my friend, who's the youth minister at this church, said, Taylor, here's what I want you to do today. Uh, you have about 100, maybe 80 junior high students, and I want you to teach them the book of Romans. Oh, how long do I have? 15, maybe 20 minutes. So, Sean, if you were presented with how are you going to teach an entire book of the Bible to 6th, 7th, and 8th graders in 15 minutes, like how would you even begin to go about that? I don't know. Romans is probably tough, right? Because it's the longest epistle in the New Testament. Yeah, this is the meatiest, the meatiest of Paul's letters. Like a lot of people say, it's like his masterwork. Like it's everything that he ever like wants to get across. He gets across in Romans, unless he was the author of Hebrews too. That was pretty thick. Well, that's just very controversial, Sean. We like to stay away from controversy, especially two thousand year old controversy. <laughs> next uh, week we're having uh, what is his name, Cavins, Jeff Cavins, on as a guest. No, we're not. Why are you lying oh. to everyone? Oh, I'm making promises. Okay. No, we're not. You know, we are having, we have, actually have a huge guest next week. Ooh. Uh, I, I, every time I say that we are going to have a guest next week and I say who it is, it never works out. But, Sean, if everything works out, this show, this silly show where we talk about Lego movies and Oscars and me looking like a tomato, if everything works out, we have on the schedule a real Catholic bishop that's going to come on the show. <laughs> I was going to guess bishop, yeah. Yeah, so stay tuned for that, friends. Uh, you're going to want to tune in next week either to hear a bishop or to hear, hear me go, well, we were going to have a bishop on today, but something happened. Because that always happens whenever I say who I'm going to have on. So I just, so how did you teach him about Romans? So here's what I did. I I, I said, okay, I'm going to find like my favorite verses in Romans, like one from every section of Romans, because there's, there's all these different sections as I was doing my research. And we all know that that means I was looking at something for 12 minutes, uh, all these sections of Romans. Right. So I was like, I'm going to get a verse from each of these, se these segments. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to like give each verse, like two to three minutes. And I presented it as this is the Oscars. And what we were doing is these are all the nominees for best verse in Romans. And at the end, I had them vote on who the, who the Academy Award went to for best verse in Romans. It was great. And it was so much fun. The, the kids enjoyed it. It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. And, uh, and we got our vote. So here's what we're going to do, Sean. We're going we're gonna to walk through some of these. And I want our audience to have this same chance as at a vote. So we're going to go through more than more than four, but then we're going to narrow it down, Sean. You're going to help me do this. Four best verses, and then we're going to put that to the audience, and they're going to vote this week on who gets the Academy Award. Are you ready for this? Ready. Okay, so uh, in, in Romans 1, it says that we have all exchanged the glory of God for images. And he's, he's talking there about like idols and that sort of thing. What are our hey, idols today, Shawnee? Uh, probably our cell phones. Yeah, exactly. Right. So John Piper, who's a, who's one of my favorite Protestants, says, uh, 
now, like the modern day version is like the one in the mirror or the one like when we're taking selfies, right? Like that's the image that we have put in front of God now. So that's that's our first nominee, our second nominee for Academy Award. Rome, uh, Romans 5, 8. But God, this is one of my personal favorites. I, I, I don't want to sway the vote too much, but this, this one I've talked about on the show before. But God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While you were an enemy of God, Shawnee, he died for you. Again. Uh, that whole chapter is amazing. You're amazing. Love, again, isn't a choice or isn't a feeling. It's a choice. And Jesus chose even when he wasn't feeling you. He died for you anyway. Okay. Um, Romans 5, 5.20. The law crept in so that the offense would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounds even more. I've been explaining so me, these. What sh- is, should we sin more so that we get more grace? I don't know. Uh, you tell me. You're the, you're the professional author and non-American. What do you think? Let's ask Paul. Let's ask Paul. <laughs> do you have him on the line? Paul, we've got you on the line here. Oh, hello. Ciao. Hello, Taylor. It's nice to see you. My, <laughs> my voice didn't used to be this low, but I've been dead for a very long time. Why are you using my book for some silly game on a radio show? I, I'm sorry, Paul. I deeply apologize. Okay. Uh, this one is where Paul does his rap song, okay? Romans 8. We conquer o- overwhelmingly through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus on Lord, our Lord. So what can separate you from the love of God, Sean McAfee? Zero. Zero. The number zero. If dividing by zero is the only thing that can separate <laughs> you from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Okay, you like that one? Good. Okay. Um, the next one, Romans 8, 28. All things worked for the good of those who love the Jesus. That's my translation, the, the new Taylor translation, NTT. What does that one mean to you, Shawnee? Zero. Just kidding. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's, like the, that's like the most popular verse in Romans, I think. You, do you think so? I think it's up there as well. I think it's probably the most well-known of all of Paul's quotes. Really? Uh, that and what? What? Philippians 1-3 or something? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Even go. lift this building? No. Um, and then the last, <laughs> the last one we're going to go through. Romans 12-2. This one I think is pretty, is pretty popular, at least within youth ministry stuff or ministry things. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Sean, how do you renew your mind, buddy? Uh, with Plato. Yeah? Explain that. Let's, let's dive deeper into this. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's a routine use in clinical psychology for people who have uh, either lost their mind or are losing their mind to remember what they see in Plato. And you know this from personal experience? You could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get you to say it. All right, Sean. So we need to pick four of these. Just four. Let's get your first nominee. What's the one that you want to have as a nominee? What was the first one? It was uh, Romans 5, 2, 5, 5, five, eight. five. five eight, the That was the second one. But God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, let's make that. Oh gosh, they're all so good. What was the very first one? It was Romans one. We have exchanged the glory of God for images. 
That one. Let's make that the, the last one. Okay. So we got that one. And then we've got, I'm going to go, but God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, you get one more nominee. What's yours? Include, include that one. Oh, include that one. Okay. Well, uh, you know, let's go with the popular one. It's Romans 828. Okay. 828. All things work for the good of those who love him. And then I'll, my last one is Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So here's what you need to do, people. Go. Uh, I'm going to put this poll out on social media at Forte Catholic on Twitter. That's where the poll is going to be. It'll also be on the Forte Catholic Facebook account. I think you can do that there. Um, go check it out. We're going to award the first ever Forte Catholic Academy Award. I don't know if I'll get sued for that, but um, it's worth it to me. Your enjoyment, listener is worth me getting sued. So, Shawnee, thanks for coming on today. You're my friend, and I love you. I believe you. Uh, You do believe me. All right. Well, I'm glad the internet ran out right at the end of this interview. That was was fun. Sean kept cutting in and out. Uh, Thanks, Italy. I want to thank you as an entire nation state. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank uh, the Academy Awards for not giving me an award. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mahershala Ali for being so cool and wearing a cool hat at the Oscars. And I want to thank Jesus, my personal Lord and Savior. This has been Forte Catholic. We'll be back next week. See ya! friends you made it to the end of the podcast congratulations now here's the real deal if you listened all this way it means that you liked it in some capacity here's what i need you to do take 30 seconds before you listen to the next episode search in your itunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast search for forte catholic go give give it a review it'll take you 30 seconds and will help me out a lot and It'll help you help others make Catholicism fun again, which is essentially like evangelizing. So you're off the hook for that today. If you give me a review, go do it. Otherwise, I will be sad. Oh, have a good week.